Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa. We're here today. We are here today. <laughs> we are actually here. We are here. We are back home. We are face to face. It's really nice. We've been like in our recording studio. I, I know between like conferences and everything you have going on with your family, it has just been like two ships passing in the night almost. Yes. So, hey, Lisa, I, I thought what would be kind of fun today is one thing we've been covering in a lot of the different workshops with different clients, associations, and it has just been it just really fun getting back face-to-face. Um, it really has been enjoyable. <clears throat> but one thing that we've been covering a lot that people have gotten a lot of value out is this whole idea of, you know, you see or hear something, and then you immediately tell yourself a story. Right. And then that kind of produces a feeling and really the key to living drama free in our relationships and just even personally is really kind of taking control of that story. Yeah. Can you give us an example of maybe a story that somebody or a situation that somebody would have and then a couple story options that they may tell themselves. Well, yeah, for example, like maybe uh, I'm at work and, you know, my boss walks by me and he doesn't say a word. Mm-hmm. Right. And just walks by me, doesn't even acknowledge me or greet me. And immediately I go, oh my gosh, he must be really mad. Is he upset with me? Did I do something wrong? You think you're going to get fired. Exactly. And then all of a sudden it produces this feeling of anxiety and oh, what's, and fear. Or you can tell yourself the story is like, wow, he must be really busy today and really focused. Or he could have some things going on personally, that is just really distracting him and he's not in the game at work. Yeah. And so it's almost like this whole idea of story is really fascinating because even like our culture is based of based out of a lot of different stories, right? Our American culture, we have these collective stories like the American revolution and nine 11, these different stories mm-hmm. that kind of all bring us together and even different team cultures. I mean, family cultures, it right. really is a collection of stories. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is that The story that we tie to a circumstance or a situation is super individualized. So you tell yourself a particular story when the boss walks by and he's really quiet and you think, oh man, I am totally getting fired. And highly likely it's because something happened way back when maybe your very first job or um, maybe um, an athletic team that you participated in that a coach or an employer was before he canned somebody or before he kicked somebody off the team, he got really quiet and kind of gave you the silent treatment and just kind of ignored you. And everybody knew leading up to it that you your time on, with that group was going to end. And so then that's without even knowing it, it's a subconscious thing that our mind goes back to that situation and you know, okay, this I'm in trouble. But then you've got other people who, you know, the boss walks by and is super absorbed and very focused and doesn't say anything to anyone. And they immediately go back to maybe a time when um, a family member was really sick and um, everyone was kind of just very focused and quiet on taking care of what needed to be taken care of. For the family, and you remember when you were at work that you just were not as interactive because you kind of had to withdraw within yourself to conserve that energy. And so, you know, when you have your boss walk by and they're super absorbed, and that's the story that you connect with the situation, then you immediately go to, I wonder if everything's okay. Yeah, because I think once you understand this idea of story, 
it, you can really control yourself a little bit better. And then you're no longer triggered by outside circumstances or people. And I think that's the key thing, right? Is that an event happens, you see, or you see behavior, you mm-hmm. hear words, something, and you get triggered by this story. But when you realize nothing has meaning except the meaning that you put to it. Right. And you get to choose your story. Yes. And that's what, the power of it. it re- you get to choose your story. Right. It's like you can either, you know, become the victim or you can become the victor. And the thing about this is, is there is the real true underlying fact of what's going along with this circumstance and situation. But until you get to find all of those facts out, you really don't know what the story is that ties to the concrete facts. So be everybody, we all do. It's kind of a flaw of humans that we create our own stories. And it can also be the benefit because that can be what drives us to make things better and get excited and get passionate, or it can drive us to give up. Well, and you said something really interesting, Lisa, it's this whole idea of fact or fiction. Mm. And the challenge is, is that when you're in your story, you're in that emotion, fiction can sort of sound a lot like fact, It does, right? Like people says, well, well, she made a sarcastic comment to me. Fact or fiction. It was a comment but was it sarcastic? Yes. Define sarcastic. And what's sarcastic to you? Is that sarcastic to me? It could be that, you know, they're from a different part of the country and they speak more directly. I will never forget. We lived in Germany and we had a cat and the neighbors. So, you know, cats were roaming outside. Well, some, some very kind neighbors, they would put food out and the cat was, he was small and he, the, he would, he apparently loved their food because he would go and eat their food all the time. Well, this neighbor came knocking on the door to me and she's yelling at me in German saying, do you ever take care of your cat? And do you need, you know, your cat always comes to my house to eat and you must not be, t- and you need to take better care of your cat. Right. She was actually saying, you know, I want you to give me your cat because I'll and, take care, better care of it. Well, and the funny, the funny thing is, is to me, it was it was, she was coming down on me and she was yelling at me and, but she was just, that was just very direct to the point, just kind of fit with her culture. That's just what they did. Whereas for me, I came from a very non-confrontational culture. You know, it was, you know, say nothing, just kind of back away. And so if somebody was super direct with you, you, um, it was, very, very serious. It wasn't, it wasn't a clear method of communication. It was things are going down. And so when this lady approached me in her very sweet German directness, communicating and, and also her, her volume, um, I perceived it as completely different because that was the meaning that I had tied to it. And in reality, she was wanting to make sure that my cat was okay. Well, and Lisa, I think it, it the the real power of this is you take back control of you. Yes. Right. And you don't let outside circumstances control your feelings. Almost like you don't let other people rent space in your head. Right. And I went through, I probably I okay, so that was what 15 years ago? No, it must have been 20 years 20. ago. That must have been 20 years ago that happened. And I still remember that. And I actually still can feel that emotion of it's fascinating. being um kind of confronted. And it was because the story that I told myself at that time when she approached me was a negative. If I had, if I had 
And I never saw the lady again. I saw her the one time it was maybe a two minute conversation and she was gone. But if I had taken that situation and I had put a positive meaning to it, like she was just very caring. She wanted to make sure my cat was okay. And she wanted to let me know that I didn't have to worry because they had food out for my cat in case, in case he didn't get his food. And if I would have changed it and put that meaning to that story, it would have completely changed the emotional response that I feel now. And even my thought about that, because I see that as a negative event, whereas I really could have seen it as a positive. Yeah. And, you know, I think the key is, is the key thing for everybody to remember and kind of take away is that you can, you control your feelings by controlling your stories. Mm-hmm. Your feelings are your choice and they're based out of whatever story you tell them, you tell yourself. I mean, here's, here's a great question to sort of help keep control is like when you go through an event or a cir- circumstance or an interaction with people, is this happening to you or is this happening for you? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it's happening to me, I'm going to like tell myself this victimhood story. Mm-hmm. Right. But if it's happening for me, then I can learn from every event. Then all of a sudden it doesn't become a negative story. It just becomes, well, this is a learning story. Right. And so does it happen? To How can you? I get better as a result of what this happened? Yeah. And then, then you extract the value from the event, right? Because if you don't tell yourself a good story, you end up losing the value of a lot of your experiences. Hmm. That's really good. Say that again. Yeah. So if you learn to tell this, you know, tell yourself the store, the right story, you can actually extract the value from every circumstance or or tell tell yourself, right. The term, right. Kind of can be kind of abstract, but if you tell yourself a positive, um, motivating learning experience story. Yeah. Well, instead of right or wrong, I, sometimes I like useful or unuseful. Oh, that's better. If you tell yourself a useful story, right? Because a lot of times like right or wrong is it's a judgment. Yes. And so, you know, is it useful? Is what's useful from this? I can extract the value. And then I think also like if you have the right story, it's a lot easier to give grace to other people. Yeah. You need to give grace to people. If I would have given grace to the, to that German lady, when we lived in Berlin and believed the best about her, then it would have completely changed even how I feel about it 20 years later. Yeah. Because I even seen you know, so this week I was having a conversation with one of our clients that was really, you know, kind of a lot of ambition and just in a lot of frustration because he was kind of telling himself a story, you know, about, oh, I'm not there yet. I should already be here kind of in the show. Did he shit on himself? He shit it all over himself. Right. And so, but, but then I asked him, I said, you know, I said, you're probably also pretty hard on your people. It was kind of quiet on the, on the phone. He's like, yeah, I said, I I think I kind of am right. Because when you, you're not telling yourself the right story, it's really hard to give people grace and believe the best and those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a really good thing because people that tend to shut on themselves all the time also, because they're so hard on themselves, they tend to be hard on the people around them, or maybe they're not hard on the people around them, but they have such a hard demeanor and a hard exterior and hard movements. And the body language just speaks harshly that people will interpret that as um, disapproval. And you know, Lisa, I think it comes down to the key to having more joy, happiness, and peace in your life is really by just telling the right stories. Or telling useful stories. Yeah, exactly. See, there I go. I slipped again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, probably just to kind of bring it home, I think the key, the key point is in creating the story is continue to ask yourself the right questions. 
Right. Right. Right questions as in useful questions. Like what are, (laughs) tell me, tell me, what do you mean by right questions? Okay. I'm going to have to work on that right or wrong. I know know, it's like coming out. Cause the word right could really right and wrong could really trigger somebody. I mean, cause for me, I'm thinking, Oh, the right way. Cause there's only one right way. Well, but there's, there's actually many right ways. There's many useful ways. So tell me, how do you ask yourself the right question or how do you ask yourself useful questions? Well, I think the first question to think about is one of the most unuseful questions is simply why, hmm. when you roll, why, why, why is why unuseful? Because it sends you down a spiral hole of victimhood, right? Why did this happen? Why do I always, you know, overpromise? Why do I always, think why I did can- that? German lady yell at me when we lived in Berlin about my cat. Right. Right. And, and, and it's like, there are no answers to those questions. It sort of sends you down the spiral hole of victimhood. So, okay. So in that situation, the lady came, she yelled at me about my cat, our cat. And so instead of saying, well, why did she yell at me about the cat? What, what would have been a better way for me to approach that? You could have asked yourself, how can I make this useful? Hmm. Right. What value can I extract from this conversation? Okay. Or maybe sometimes like what's, I wonder what's going on in her life. Good point. Right. Because sometimes, you know, we that's a get, really good point. I don't people, think I've ever thought about that one. Like what was going on with her that she felt the need that she needed to come. And, you know, for all I know, they may have, may have recently had a cat and their cat died and because it was sick and she was worried that my cat was going to die too, or maybe they didn't have enough money and my cat was eating all their food, or maybe she thought that I abandoned my cat, which that's a really big deal over there is abandoning your animals. Well, and I think it kind of gives us a, you know, intro into a a whole other talk that we really deliver is that people do things not to hurt you. They just do things to get needs met. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't say it didn't hurt you. Right. And we didn't say maybe it was hurtful, but they are simply doing things to get needs met. And a lot of times, if you just ask yourself, wow, I wonder what kind of need they're Mm -hmm. trying to get met. It lets you step back. Because we all have have needs. And we're all trying to get them met because, because that's just, it's, um, it's like, I don't know, uh, an unmet need. It's just something it's going to draw you. It's a, it's a force and an unmet need is a force that's going to push you to get that need met. And, and we know that drama is simply a tragic expression of an unmet need. It's kind of like a magnet. It the really magnet is, is just going to draw, it's going to draw itself to the metal or it's going to draw metal to itself because it can't help. Um, because of that attraction, that, that unnet need is just need is just going to draw in the answer. And, and those answers can be useful and they can be hurtful and harmful. Yeah. So, so always, and I think this is why we walk into this drama at times, right? Mm -hmm. We have this unmet need. And so the key really to break it all down is to learn how to get your needs met in a healthy way. Yeah. Instead of going out to circumstances, people, events, situations, and trying to get your needs met from others, you got to get it met in a healthy way so that you show up healthy. Yeah. And I think also a really good thing to remember is you, you don't want to misinterpret somebody's meaning, or you don't want to put an unhealthy meaning to a person or a situation. So before you put a meaning to a person or to a situation, step back for a second and, and kind of 
evaluate it and decide, is this healthy? Is this going to be useful or is this going to be help harmful? So before you just react to a pe- person or a situation, stop back and think, okay, is this, is this going to, in the long term going to be a healthy or unhealthy reaction? Perfect. So the key to break it all down is control your story, control your feelings. Yeah. Stop. Think about it before you just react, take a minute to just stop and think. And that's how you can control it because you don't just jump in into that muscle memory of reaction. Awesome. Lisa, this has been super fun. It has been so fun. And it's nice to do this face-to-face with you. Absolutely. Nice to be back with you. Nice to see you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for enjoying this time with us. All right. And we'll see you next time on the Drama-Free Living Podcast.